The Godzilla brain is the reptile form of your brain that keeps you alive and surviving. Then you have, so that's your Godzilla brain. And then you have your human brain over the top that is all about thinking and processing. So let's say you're a person with aphasia and you are really struggling to get your words out and you drop your head, you look away, you sigh, you start getting emotional because your words are not coming out the way you want. One of our neuroplastic principles is calm repair. We want our client with aphasia to acknowledge in a simple way that the word didn't come out. They don't have to say it, they just acknowledge it, take a breath, and using calm repair, try it again. Because we don't want aphasia stress. Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Good morning, Genevieve here, and we are talking about neuroplasticity. Say that five times fast. Very nice of you all to join me. We are talking about neuroplasticity. What is it? We're going to talk about what is it, we're going to explain it, and we're going to talk about some practical strategies that you can apply at home to help with your neuroplastic practice. What is neuroplasticity? First, the definition. It's the brain's remarkable ability to adapt, rewire, and reorganize itself in response to learning, experiences, and practice. So neuroplasticity is how our brain changes and adapts over the course of our entire lives, allowing us to recover lost abilities after a brain injury, such as a stroke, to maximize the efficacy of your brain rehab therapy. It's crucial to incorporate some principles into your practice. So before we get into some of the specifics, let's review some of the key principles of neuroplasticity. If you guys tune into this episode, it'll be episode 59 on the Listen for Life Aphasia podcast. I will have two handouts available to you to see and to download if you are interested in understanding a little more about neuroplasticity. So right now I'm looking at one of these handouts. Here's some principles. Use it or lose it. Where else have we heard this before in life, right? We have to work on things that are specific. We have to work on content that is relevant to our lives and interests. I would not want to be learning about how to pour concrete or do concrete molds or walkways. I wouldn't want to be learning about that if it's not relevant to me. But if I want to talk about something like cooking or 
keeping my koi pond healthy, whatever the case may be, that's relevant to me. So what's relevant to me may not be relevant to you, to you or if you're a therapist, to your client. Transferability. Can the information you practice be transferred into another part of your life? Can you apply it somewhere? Are you practicing long enough? Duration is another principle of neuroplasticity. Doing something for just a couple of minutes, you're not going to get as much benefit as if you spend a longer time doing it. New learning. Every time I have to go to YouTube to learn how to fix this, that, or the other thing at home, for me, that counts as new learning. And that's what keeps your brain firing. It's what helps you make those connections. Learning a new hobby, learning a different way to communicate, whatever it is, that is new learning and that supports neuroplasticity. Socially engaging, talking to people. The opposite of that is isolation. We want to avoid isolation when you have aphasia because you need to have that challenge of having a conversation with someone, exchanging ideas, asking questions, asking clarifying questions. Another principle of neuroplasticity is intensity. Are you doing it long enough with enough challenge that your brain is benefiting from it? Repetition, doing something over and over, that's that practice element. Mindfulness, do you know why you're working on something? Do you know what the purpose of it is? Can you make that mindful connection of what you're learning and how you're going to apply it? And then the last principle in general for neuroplasticity is use it and improve it. That's kind of like the overarching umbrella of neuroplasticity. You have to use all of these points. Be specific, relevant. Is it transferable? Did you work on it long enough? Are you challenged with new learning? Are you engaging socially? Is there enough intensity? Is there enough repetition? Are you able to think about what you're doing and why you're doing it? So the last principle is use it and improve it. You will get better over time with mindful consistent practice. So these are the foundations of neuroplasticity. So let's pivot a little bit and talk about a client. Get into my notes here. Okay, so we're talking about Sarah. Her name has been changed for confidentiality purposes. Sarah is a 52-year-old. She had to retire from teaching after her stroke because she had severe aphasia. She struggled to find her words, comprehend complex sentences, and express her thoughts. So initially for her, her conversation was extremely challenging. She was having a hard time just expressing her wants and needs. So when she started working with us, we designed a home program for her using everyday functional content that is in her home. There's no reason we had to, what's another way to say, instead of having to come up with brand new content, we used what was already in her home in a functional way to work on neuroplasticity 
for her home program. So some examples of a home-based neuroplastic program. Naming objects in her house. But more importantly, because I'm into verbs more than nouns. Verb, when you think, go back to seventh grade. Go back to thinking about what you know about your language. Verb, the verb, is the action word. It's, it's the glue that ties the subject and the object in your sentence together. It sets intention. So if she were, if Sarah were going around the house, let's see, I'm looking for something to hold up. So instead of just naming things, right? That's con. That's what we species call confrontation naming. What's this? What's this? Right? It's more important to think about what do you do with these things? So for example, I gave Sarah the task to go into her junk drawer. Her goal was to sort through her junk drawer by sorting through everything that's in there. Pull it all out, put it into piles. Let's put you know, utility type things, scissors, sharpies, rubber bands, post-it notes, whatever's in her junk drawer, she had to first sort it by function, by type. And then she had to write down the words of all of those objects. But more importantly, we then made the connection to how do you use those objects? Can you say, I cut paper with scissors? Can she then say that sentence? Can she write down the sentence? Can she call her daughter over and say, honey, can you cut this paper for me? See how we took it from a task of sorting the junk drawer to identifying the things that were in there to talking about, well, how do you use those things? So then we're moving from words into sentences and combining it using the objects in her junk drawer, we were able to get her to make sentences using scissors and paper and the verb cut. Honey, can you please cut this paper? And then we included in her daughter where she could ask her daughter a question or the daughter could ask a question back of her. So now we've taken a task that was a name confrontation naming task and took it all the way to a conversation or a dyad where she could ask a question, get a response back. And then taking that a step further, if her daughter's involved, the daughter ask her a question and she give a response back. Do you see how with a little bit of creativity, we can take a simple naming task, apply neuroplastic principles to it, and also make a functional homework practice task that Sarah can then apply to the a drawer in her bathroom. She could do she could grab a basket out of her linen closet, miscellaneous things and apply the same word finding, verbs, go to sentence level, practice saying it out loud, practice writing it, ask questions, respond to questions. That's how we get neuroplastic at home. So I have lots more examples of how we can get neuroplastic at home, but that's my main example for today. 
I want to wrap this up by talking about how at Life Speech Pathology, we take neuroplasticity to a, even a little more in-depth level. So here are some tenets of neuroplasticity that we apply at, in our direct treatment with clients. First off, we want our clients, whatever the task is, we want them to know what we're working on and what we're expecting of them. So our first tenant of neuroplasticity is this sequence. Know, think, plan, do, process, and remember. That's a whole lot to, to think about right there, right? So depending on what the task is, it, and again, I'm not gonna get into the weeds of the tasks themselves today, but the idea is, I want my client to understand what is the nature of the task, what is it I'm expecting from them for output, whether it's saying something, writing something, or gesturing. Do they know what I'm asking of them? Do they have a plan? Did they plan it in their head before they go to produce whatever that output is? Then can they process how did they do with it? And can they remember what they did so that they can do it again the next time? There have been times working with clients that we will spend a significant period of time trying to work through this process of know, think, plan, do, process, and remember. Because once they can get that process, I don't want them, I'm going on a tangent here, when I work with a client, I want them to know what they're doing and why they're doing it so that they can duplicate it. I don't want just the first word that pops out of their mouth. That is automated automation or automatic response, and it's often not right. I need them to think it. Because if you think about when you're in a conversation with someone, you have to come up with your thought, what you want to say, and then you pick your words and then you say it. That's just for someone without aphasia. For someone with aphasia, it's a much longer process. It takes more time to process, to pull those words together, to match the concept. We are using neuroplastic principles in treatment for people to learn and be able to carry over what they are doing. Couple more tenets of neuroplasticity we'll cover today. And like I said, we'll do another episode and get in a little more in the weeds later on. Calm repair. If you've been following me, you may have heard my talk about the Godzilla brain. The Godzilla brain is the reptile form of your brain that keeps you alive and surviving. Then you have, so that's your Godzilla brain, and then you have your human brain over the top that is all about thinking and processing. So let's say you're a person with aphasia and you are really struggling to get your words out, and you drop your head, you look away you sigh, you start getting emotional because your words are not coming out the way you want. One of our neuroplastic principles is calm repair. We want our client with aphasia to acknowledge in a simple way that the word didn't come out. They don't have to say it, they just acknowledge it. 
take a breath, and using Calm Repair, try it again. Because we don't want aphasia stress. So two ends of the spectrum, Calm Repair versus aphasia stress. When we use Calm Repair, we keep that Godzilla brain in check by allowing the thinking part to shine. Uh, is that the way I want to say it? We want your thinking part of your brain. We don't want aphasia stress. We don't want Godzilla coming out when you react emotionally when you say something wrong. So calm repair. We eliminate the stress of right, wrong answers in treatment. Oh, you got that right. So I'm going to take a tangent. When I learned speech pathology, it was all about data taking and, you know, us little clinicians in grad school having to, you know, judge plus they got it right, zero, they got it wrong or whatever the documentation system was. We don't want right, wrong answers in aphasia treatment because what you're thinking is what's going to come out. And as a clinician, I want to hear what you're thinking so that I can understand what, how you're processing words and concepts. Does that make sense? We need calm repair because we want to work with what you're thinking, not a right versus wrong answer. And we also celebrate successes. When you get when you get your concept out, when you get your word out, when you are able to have a positive interaction with another individual, that's a success. So calm repair is an important neuroplastic tenant that we follow here at Life Speech Pathology. That's all we're talking about today. I wanted to just give you an intro to neuroplasticity. In coming weeks, I'm going to give you more functional treatment tasks that you can do at home that follow these neuroplastic principles and help you keep moving forward in your language recovery. Thanks for watching. This will be episode 59 on the Listen for Life Aphasia podcast. And this episode will be available to you in a couple of weeks. And we will have handouts that you can download with it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being here. And as always, thank you for your support. I appreciate the DMs you send, the emails that you send to me. If you have a question, if I can help you problem solve something or if there's something you just want me to know, reach out. You can DM me here at Instagram or Facebook or through YouTube or just send me an email. Hello at dolifespeechpathology.com. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.